0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Today we're continuing our family Bible studies in the Gospel of Luke, and we are in chapter 22. Today we're going to be dealing with temptation. How do you deal with temptation? And along with that, how do you prepare to serve God? And we're going to be looking at the life of St. Peter to get some instruction and direction in dealing with temptation and preparing to serve God. Let's just uh, bring it, though, into our world today. If I would describe a college campus today, and I might even include Catholic campuses, right along with secular campuses, I would say that they're a war zone. And I'm not talking about the external demonstrations and all that type of thing. I'm just talking about dealing with temptation. If you set foot on a college campus in the 21st century, you're in a war zone, a spiritual war zone. A lot of parents don't realize this, but when your son or daughter gets a driver's license, they're driving off into a spiritual war zone. And in fact, unless you prepare your children for the temptations they may face and how to resist those, that would be like playing football without a good defense. You need a good defense if you're in a spiritual war. Then let's talk about business trips. Business trips, ouch, they're like the ultimate spiritual war zone. And that's like playing football without a defense and without an offensive line. I mean, you're totally vulnerable. Every snap, if you're the quarterback, you're going to get pulverized. So we want to learn how to deal with this. And then finally, I like to talk about one of the most dangerous places in the world for temptation and spiritual conflict, and that is preparing or actively engaging in serving God. Now, somebody might out there be thinking, well, I wondered if Steve was nuts. Now I know he's totally out of his mind. You're talking about one of the most dangerous places on earth is getting ready to serve God or actually serving God? Yes, and that's why we're looking at the life of St. Peter. Peter, in the Gospels, has been singled out as the leader of the apostolic band, after Jesus goes and ascends back into heaven, St. Peter is going to become the leader of the church, and that's why his name always appears first in the list of the apostles. And I'm going to break this whole process of dealing with temptation uh, into five stages. So stage one, we're going to go to Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 21, Saint Peter, the future leader of the church, is going to get a very sober warning from Jesus. He says, This Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he may sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brethren. So here you have. The leader. And you might say, well, if he's a leader, you might say, well, he's maybe one of the strongest ones of the bunch. That's why Jesus picked St. Peter to be the leader. And yet, Jesus very wisely says, Satan has demanded to have you. Now, you know, if you're not serving God, uh, if you're not seeking to follow God, well, why bother? I'm talking about from Satan's viewpoint, why bother with a spiritual attack? You're already in enemy territory. But if you're going to be a force for good, a force for the kingdom of God, then be prepared. And just to bring this into today, spiritual leaders are targets, and I'd ask you, uh, do you every week or maybe even every day, pray for a priest or a group of priests. Um, I suggest that you build a list of, um, you know, the priests in your parish, maybe the priests in your community. Obviously you can't pray for all priests, there's too many, but to develop a prayer list of priests. um, Jesus says, I've prayed for you. He realizes there's going to be temptation. There's going to be spiritual attack. Okay, that's stage one. Stage two, and this is the ultimate blind side. This is where you really get creamed in dealing with temptation and basically resisting spiritual attack. And stage two is this, overestimating one's self-sufficient spiritual strength. Overestimating your spiritual strength and we're going to look at Luke chapter 22 and verse 33. Now, this is right after Jesus warns of spiritual attack, and here's Peter's response. Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. In other words, he says, hey, I'm I'm up for this. I'm prepared. I'm equipped. I can face this down. And Jesus said in response, I tell you, Peter, The cock will not crow this day until you three times deny that you know me. He's going to even disavow knowledge of Jesus. And, you know, the key words there, it's just like, I am ready. And the key word in those three words is I. Peter thought he had it in himself. He was a strong guy. He was a determined guy. He was a committed guy. I can do this. And this is where you really, really, really get into problems. Uh, Mom and dad, hear me. Businessman, hear me. College student, hear me. 16-year-old with a driver's license, hear me. Priest and deacons, religious, hear me. It's when we think we have it within us to a resist the temptations, to face down the spiritual attack. And we are to do that, but we're not to overestimate that the strength we have within us. Jesus said, kind of in a corresponding verse in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26 and verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. So that's the perfect description of Peter here. He was more than willing. He was, says, Lord, I'm ready to go, but the flesh is weak. In other words, inside, he didn't have the power within himself to hold up to temptation. And again, I'm gonna give you five quick stages, but this I really think is the most important and one of the ones that I can offer you today. And I'm coming at this having been a Protestant minister, having been on the Catholic speaker circuit for a quarter of a century, and having dealt with any number of uh, priests, been in rectories with priests, so kind of have an idea of what's out there. There's a lesson that Catholics can learn from a very wise group of evangelical Protestants. There is a... uh, theology professor by the name of Howard Hendricks, who interviewed 245 Protestant men who were leaders in full-time ministry, who with just a, within a two-year period experienced a severe moral failure, okay? He wanted to interview these men, so it was the same time period. 245 of them had failed morally, and He did a one-on-one interview with him, and here are two things that all of us should hear and heed. First, every one of the 245 men had ceased daily personal prayer time and Scripture reading. Their, Their private devotional life, and to strengthen the inside of them, had ceased. Remember that verse I just read from Matthew 26? Watch and pray. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what they forgot is that by ourselves, you can be a spiritual leader. You can be a pastor of a huge congregation. You can be a well-known priest. You can be on the speaker circuit. You can be a broadcaster. You can be a husband, a father, a big businessman, or whatever, But if you don't take the time to strengthen yourself on the inside, uh, you could experience failure to a degree you would never expect. And this is now the second thing that Professor Hendricks discovered, and it is the most important. Without a single exception, all, all 245 of the Protestant ministers, had been convinced that a moral failure would, quote, never happen to me, unquote. You see, God was using them. They were strong spiritually. They were uh, (laughs) leaders in churches and ministries and missionaries. And yet, out of these 245 that failed, every single one never imagined that it could happen to them may I submit to you that is a primary cause why they failed. Anytime you see yourself as kind of beyond temptation, and, you know, as Catholics, we should really, really, really be aware of this because St. Peter, the first pope of the Catholic Church, Jesus is addressing here in Luke 22, starting in verse 31. He goes, Simon, 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 Peter, you know, Satan's decided to have you. He's going to sift you like wheat. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be tempted. And, oh, I'm I'm up for this, Peter says. I'm ready to go. And Jesus says, no, no, I'm going to pray for you, but, you know, you're going to fall flat in your face because you think you're self-sufficient for this. You're not. Now, I'm saying this as a friend okay? But I believe that Catholic priests and many Catholic leaders may be more vulnerable to this type of letting one's guard down, more vulnerable than evangelical Protestant ministers. And Steve, why do you say that? Well, I do believe there is a difference between a Protestant minister and a Catholic priest, and I know our Protestant friends Just let me speak to Catholics for a second. I know you may disagree with what I just said, but a Catholic priest is called to a more exalted position. He is injected into an exalted and a very unique calling, okay? And a priest knows that, but because he knows that, it could lead to the same thing that St. Peter experienced in his fall because... He had a certain self-assurance. Well, I'm in this role. He says, I'm ready to go, Jesus. No, he wasn't. (laughs) Jesus knew he wasn't because there was going to be a great sifting. And we should never expect, because we're a priest, because we're a Protestant pastor, because we're a spiritual leader, because we went to Franciscan University of Steubenville or Christendom, or because we read the Bible or pray the rosary a lot, we should never expect that we're beyond temptation, because when we reach that point, we are targets for temptation. Now, I began the broadcast listing a number of places that are spiritual war zones in today's world, the college campuses, business trips, workplace, surfing the internet, whatever, but I said one of the most dangerous places or situations in all the world is preparing or actively engaging in serving God. And here's the reason I mentioned that. It's from the Old Testament, Sirach, and this is one of the seven books that's not in the Protestant Bible, so Protestant listeners, listen up. Sirach, chapter two and verse one. Listen, my son, if you come forward to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for temptation. Now, I don't want to scare anybody away from serving God, because we're actually all called to serve God, and we're all supposed to have intentions on serving God. And Sirach 21 uh, applies, yes, to priests, yes, it would apply to seminarians, but applies to everyone listening to my voice who is seriously following Christ in the Catholic Church. Uh, If you come forward to serve The Lord, prepare yourself for temptation. If you're coming forward to serve the Lord, you have basically a target painted on your back. Because again, You're no spiritual threat to the kingdom of darkness if you have no desire to serve Christ. If you're not gonna in any way be an influence on those in your family, your workplace, your community, your parish, well then, no, you may not have any, but if you have that sincere desire to serve Christ, you become vulnerable to attack. Uh, This is from Gregory the Great, a, a doctor of the church, and this is what he says. As soon as the soul starts to love the heavenly realities, you're growing in your faith. As soon as it concentrates with full intensity in view of that intimate peace, then that ancient adversary that was hurled down from heaven senses envy and begins to multiply the pitfalls. He advances temptations more relentless than normally." See, this is the um, this is the thing that I, I have seen in both Protestant and Catholic circles. There's a certain idea that if you really get serious about serving God, which is a very good thing to do, uh, and if you're in the ordained ministry or lay ministry, whatever it would be, you, you sense you've kind of achieved a certain level of immunity from temptation. And the whole point of this broadcast is basically saying, no, the very opposite is true. If you're serious about your faith, and the kind of person listening at Catholic Radio is serious about his and her faith, well, that means you need to prepare for temptations and not sense that you are uh, immune from them. This is from the Venerable Bede. He says the evils that happen to one who is not prepared, does not know what is coming, and it often causes a greater fall from their state of security. This is how you have a loss." Now, I'm going to mention a priest, and I don't want to embarrass him, but um, again, I've been speaking around Catholic conferences all over North America for a quarter of a century, And I was at a Catholic Father's conference in Florida with Father Larry Richards, who many of you know. And Father Richards said something that I've never heard a Catholic priest say in 25 years of doing these things. He was about to leave the conference, and he said to the men, pray for me. He said, so many people doing what I'm doing on the speaker circuit and whatever else, you would think, wow, somebody who is so gifted that people are bringing them out of town to spiritually minister to others, Oh, they've got to be beyond temptation. No, Father Richard says the very opposite. He says, people who are doing what I'm doing are falling left and right. Pray for me that I stay faithful before God. And uh, Father Richard's had me up to his home parish for a Catholic men's conference up there. And uh, we shook hands, said each other, and I just pulled him off to the side. I said, Father, I heard you say something in Florida that I've never heard a priest say about the need to keep your spiritual guard up. So many people think if they're a spiritual leader and you know, you're know you a priest on EWTN and you know you're beyond temptation, he goes, oh, oh, that's easy. He says, I was converted under Billy Graham and he was always very careful to keep his testimony from scandal and always had people praying for him, always had people holding him accountable. And he says, I've just kept that in my priesthood. Well, this is exactly what Jesus was trying to do with St. Peter. And if St. Peter needs his special precautions and awareness that being a spiritual leader, you get spiritual attack, well, gee whiz, we all do, okay? Now, that was only stage one and two, but three, four, and five are gonna go quick. Stage three, neglecting a prayerful dependence upon God. I've already read to you that passage from Matthew 26, that Jesus says, watch and pray so you don't enter temptation. Well, Jesus says the same thing in Luke 22. In fact, two times. He says, first, when he came to the place, he said to them, this is the garden, pray that you may not enter into temptation. So prayer is a way to prepare to face temptation. But if you don't think temptation even going to reach you because of some spiritual state you've obtained, well, then, <laughs> then, you're, then you're wide open to attack. And then in Luke 22 and verse uh, 46, of course, Jesus was praying, uh, but they were all sleeping. And he comes and says, why do you sleep? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So prayer is a wise dependence upon God. And I'd like to put two words together for you to keep in your mind, prayerful dependence, because at this point, we need to be very careful. And this is kind of like a razor's edge because of this. Let's just say somebody who's a real prayer warrior and says, well, I pray the rosary a lot, so I'm immune from temptation." There's a certain sense in that good thing to do—pray the a lot, pray the rosary a lot—is to view it as some type of self-sufficiency, uh, kind of from that same root where St. Peter said, Jesus, I'm ready to go with you all the way to the cross. No, no. Self-sufficiency, even in prayer life, is not going to get you through temptation, Okay. Self-sufficiency is the trap. Prayer is saying, I don't depend upon myself. I depend upon God. But this self-sufficiency is so sneaky in our spiritual lives that it can even invade itself into our prayer life and turn our prayer life rather than into something, Lord, give me the strength but I don't have in myself. It's like I just pray a lot, so you know, I'm immune. No, you're not immune. Okay. Stage four, and this is something we read a little later in Luke chapter 22 and verse 61. This is just the, you know, the arrest of Peter, uh, excuse me, of Jesus, the Garden of Gethsemane and such. But in Luke chapter 22, towards the end of the chapter, we find peter's threefold denial of jesus it's exactly and see the thing is you just can't read the three-fold denial you got to go back to the first half of the chapter and see jesus warned about this okay you're a spiritual leader satan's going to want to have you he wants to sift you like wheat but jesus says, i prayed for you and that's where the restoration would come. But Peter's saying, no, I'm, I'm ready to go. No, he wasn't ready to go. And here was a little uh, servant girl coming. You know, you were with us, Jesus, they just arrested. And what does St. Peter do? He denies that he even knows him. And here's two verses. And by the way, the reason I'm somewhat of an expert on this is that uh, I have fallen flat on my face with uh, going into situations with self-sufficiency. In other words, I've blown it, and I really relate to the next two verses I'm going to read to you after, Je- after Jesus uh, was arrested and St. Peter denies him three times, starting in verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And then verse 62, and he went out and wept bitterly. That's the end of the spiritual condition of a spiritual leader, one that has a special call perhaps from God, maybe a lay person or an ordained person, but uh, went out and wept bitterly because he felt, fell flat on his face, and because that's the end result of the do-it-yourself-serving-God path. Okay? Now, part of this, I'll just, you know, we need to (laughs) kind of see what else happened. The Gospel of John basically has St. Peter quitting, (laughs) all right? Uh, And actually quitting is not a bad thing. Quitting self-sufficient path to serving God, quitting a self-sufficient path, Uh, view of your own strength in resisting temptation. Quitting's great. In John chapter 21, St. Peter said to the other apostles, I'm going fishing. In other words, (laughs) enough of this serving Jesus stuff. I'm not good at it. I I don't have the strength for it. I can't resist the temptations of this. And the other apostle said to him, we'll go with you. We'll quit too. Enough of this. And amazingly, it all begins. The real path now begins. And remember that the book of Acts is really the continuation of what we read in Luke. And we see the beginning of of Acts at chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, "...these all, with one accord, devoted themselves to prayer." and prayer not not a prayer thinking you become self-sufficient but prayer a dependent prayer together with the women and mary it's always a great idea to include mary in your prayer life it gives you that extra strength and what happens they were filled not with self-confidence not with self-determination to serve god but they were filled with the holy spirit they were filled with the grace of god and then what happened in the midst of those who just previously had crucified Jesus, and Peter was so terrified of these same people, he denied that he even knew Jesus. Acts 2.14, one of the greatest verses in the New Testament, but Peter standing. The man got his backbone, and his backbone didn't come from his self-sufficiency. His backbone came from learning a hard lesson of trying to live the Christian life and trying to serve God, trying to resist temptation, trying to get through spiritual combat in your own strength. You fall flat in your face. But now he lifted up his voice and tell them, men of Judea, let this be known to you. And he has the first sermon proclaimed in the Catholic Church. This is how it works, folks and Jesus had a lesson for Peter. We need to relive this lesson every time we look at the Gospel of Luke. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 269 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.